0: In this uh, podcast, I'm going to expose the dishonesty of meteorology that you can discern and easily have a very simple way to verify it one way or another. And that is this notion that moist air becomes gaseous in the atmosphere. Let me start off and just make sure that the reality of the situation is understood. And that is this, it is impossible for moist air to be gaseous at the temperatures that exist on Earth's surface. Just not, it's not possible. Now, there's people who wanna believe that it is possible. And um, amongst these people are meteorologists. And you might think, well, how are they able to persist in the scientific context if if they carry basic, you know, basic misunderstandings about reality? And the reality of the situation is That they're completely stuck on this notion and in so doing if you have a little bit of cleverness and understanding how human institutions work including such things as scientific paradigms you can kind of come to the realization that that this notion exposes their incompetence and I I mean that incompetence it means that they don't really understand the physics of um, atmospheric flow or storms that's really what it means and so They claim that H2O can become gaseous at ambient temperatures, just the normal temperatures we have here on the surface. Now, we know for a fact that the boiling temperature of H2O is much higher. What has happened is, is kind of a folklorish, I don't know if that's a word, but... In the sense of folklore, in the sense of what people think and believe, it's it, traditional to assume H2O just becomes gaseous once you boil it, right? You know, that's kind of the old, that's the belief or the notion, and and that's really a confused understanding uh, of what's going on with H2O. No, it, it never. Well. Sure, it might turn to steam for a moment at the bottom of the, of the um, boiling pot and even, even probably before it even breaks the, sur- the surface, it's already cooled enough, you know, depending on factors. It might actually stay steam for a few seconds after it leaves the pot, but it instantly goes back to being liquid as soon as it cools below 100 degrees Celsius, which is 212 degrees Fahrenheit, and that's pretty darn hot so they have this impossibility they've included it in their model and now they're stuck because without it the actual engine of their model the actual thing that's doing the pushing not being this so-called buoyancy of moisture in the atmosphere this notion that has never been tested can never be tested and is blatantly contradictory to certain physical realities such as the boiling point of water and, and it's just a, um, a a real delusional notion to maintain and they get away with it because the public is just so incredibly dumb and gullible, easily per- persuaded by, by the slightest I- indication from meteorologists that they are experts and that therefore their expertise on this issue shouldn't be challenged. Well, the truth is they, they probably wouldn't even use words any close to that. They just point to some literature and they would never really... They don't discuss that, okay? There's three things that meteorologists don't discuss or, or the assumptions underlying them. These are things that are sacred. One of them is convection, the other one is dry layer cap, and the third one is um, latent heat of condensation. Now, the, there might be other little dribbles here and there, and, and of course, they've all used learned to use terminology to hide the fact because it's really, it's. It's it's even kind of blatantly nonsensical, most of the things that meteorologists believe about the atmosphere. It's complete nonsense understanding of cause and effect. And it starts with the silly notion that moist air can become genuinely gaseous at ambient temperatures and since the molecular weight of water is lower than the average molecular weight of the air which is about 29 and water's uh, is about 18 so you know that's two-thirds a difference now of course what they're not telling you is that it, it isn't just the molecule size that matter it's the molecule size and how much space it takes up and that uh, involves applying avogadro's law which is the law of gases and there's two problems there one of them is that stuff we have in the atmosphere really isn't a gas it's very small micro droplets okay it, now it's going to act actually very similar to a gas and under a lot of conditions and that's because h2o micro droplets can get extremely small and the smaller they get the harder they get because of its surface tension that's something to keep in mind that's why most moisture in at at warm temperatures you know there's a lot of moisture in a desert for example the problem is that it's there's so much heat that it's it's It can't really ever, the droplets are so being knocked around constantly that the droplet's size stays so small that they're effectively invisible. Now, what meteorologists have deluded themselves into understanding, and it is part of their models, even though they have more recently become more obscure with respect to how they describe their models. This is an attempt to avoid the fact that they know that there's a problem here. It's not a small problem. It's pretty much a a ship sinker. And that is um, that their model is obviously nonsense. It's obviously, it's plainly nonsense. It doesn't Work. They don't really have any explanation for how water gets up high in the atmosphere. They're so stuck on the on the notion of convection because otherwise they can't really imagine any other way that it could work. Well of course I solved those problems from, from the realization that, that water is actually structural and, and uh, that all of the things that follow can be explained through the structural You know plumbing of the atmosphere now they are so stuck in their confusion and their delusion that it's probably not going to be for hundreds of years that they ever get out of it but what you could do in the meantime if you're just let's say a joe schmo out there in the public and you want to hey what can i do well you can ask questions ask them if they know for a fact that the moisture in moist air at ambient temperatures clear moist air let's say not, we're not talking about fog do they know for a fact that the moisture therein is gaseous you know individual molecules or might it be very small nano droplets if we were to put a word on them you know little pellets of uh h2o molecules clumped together do they know that and see where the conversation goes and here's the thing no matter what answer they give you Make sure that eventually they lead you to something that can be described as such. Okay, listen to this kind of carefully. Reproducible experimental evidence of H2O being gaseous at ambient temperatures when it's suspended in the atmosphere and try to i know that's a lot of words but uh, otherwise they're going to weasel their way out of it maybe you should just point them to this podcast and let them uh, struggle with the thing is we will never get an answer to the question that's the thing that's the reason you ask that question it doesn't matter what methods you try you could try you know any method you try you could try confronting them you could try internet anything you want you will never get an answer to that question because they know that when the truth is known on that, their paradigm is revealed as nonsensical. And when I say their paradigm, I'm talking about their theoretical understanding of the physics underlying storms and atmospheric flow. They are holding on based on maintaining superstition and they're maintaining the superstition the same way any religion would maintain a, a core belief. They will not make the slightest effort to make it easy for you to realize that they are completely confused when it comes to understanding the physics of storm and atmospheric flow. And that's what their whole charade will be. And here's the thing you can do, and, and this is all you can do really unfortunately, ask them that question. When they don't answer say, well I'm going to continue to uh, reject what you're saying until you, you or somebody in your uh, discipline can supply us the reproducible experimental evidence of H2O being genuinely gaseous at ambient temperatures in Earth's atmosphere and ambient pressures too. So note how wordy I had to get because they're never going to admit that they are completely confused. Their model is plainly, obviously, obvious to me maybe, maybe not to them, obviously nonsensical and unworkable.